0: Rethink church. Rethink what it means to be the church. You know, there's been uh, every every now and then I get the opportunity to speak today. What I want to talk about is is really what it means to be the church. A um, little bit about a little bit about me. Um, you know, I uh, I became a Christian. When I was in when I was in college, and uh, uh, that's a boy. That's a long story in and of itself. But I remember what I did. It was just a Bible study, you know, and some and some people praying for me. So probably, probably for the first couple of years that you know I was a, a Christian, all I did was sit and listen and absorb. Didn't really get involved in anything. Just you know, still wasn't really sure of myself and you know, and sure about my faith and all those, all those sort of things. And then I went, ended up going to uh, grad school, you know, again, really never, didn't plug in, didn't, didn't get involved with a ministry or, or anything like that, really didn't, really didn't do anything, you know, really didn't practice my faith, you know, bounced around, tried out a bunch of different churches, you know, and then. There was one particular moment I found the, a small group, and one of, the, one of the emphasis on that was really to get small groups going. And, and finally, I had been a Christian for about, oh, probably three or four years, and uh, the pastor came up to me, and he said, uh, you know, Dave, you really have a gift, now, I want to warn you, when a pastor says that to you, here it comes. You're going to get asked to do something. Okay. He's looking for a volunteer. So, when a pastor says that, watch out. And uh, he said, You know, we're, we're starting to grow. And we need more small groups. And he said, You know, you really relate to people well. You speak, you know, all those sort of things. You would make a really great small group leader. And I said, you know do you really think so and he says yeah i you know i really see that in you and so you know i was a i was a a good christian i thought and and um uh, you know i knew i could i knew i could speak well so i said no no way. I'm not going to be a small group leader. No. He said, you know, it's it's really easy. We've got it all set up for you. You know, we've got lessons prepared. You go through, and you're really just a facilitator. You know, it's not like you need to be a Bible scholar and teach and all that sort of thing. You know, he said, it's really easy. We've You know, we've got it all set up. It practically runs itself. And so I said, well, you know, since you put it that way and you ask so nice, no, I'm not going to do it. So one thing I think we can all agree on is that it's important how you ask people if you want them to do something for you. So I'm going to give you a little advance warning here. There's an ask coming. So I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm just giving you a little prelude as to what's coming here. You know, we gather here at Faith Fellowship, Basically for three things. There's only three things that we're trying to accomplish here. And we're doing one of them right now. We want to gather together and we want to worship God, you know, and learn more about him and know each other as a community and celebrate together. You know, next thing we want to do is we want to grow. You know, we want to grow in our knowledge of Christ and grow as Christians. You know, and and that's a big part of it, which leads to the third thing. And that is to Serve. Yeah, we want to gather and we want to grow, but there's a purpose in all that, and it's really to serve. It's part of your walk. It's the whole purpose of what we're doing. You know, all of us, you know, we have these unique gifts. Everybody does. Everybody has this, you know, it could be administrative or or teaching or helps or, you know, evangelism. You know, God had created everyone unique, and you have these really special, uh, unique talents and abilities, and most of them are latent. They're not used very much. And, and, and I want to put one little spin on that. You know, everyone, everyone should either be a, should be a disciple or be discipling someone. You know, no matter where you're at in your walk, you know, there's somebody that you can bring up to where you are and help get there and help grow a little bit. Everybody needs to do that. Matthew 28 says this. Let me read it. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. See, that's not just a corporate thing. You know, that's a personal thing. You know, Jesus didn't say, okay, Thaddeus, you know, you have, Administrative gifts, so that's what you're going to do. And Peter, you're a good teacher, so you're going to be a teacher. He put it on all of us. You know, he wasn't just talking to the 12 there, he was talking to a large crowd of disciples when he said those words, which we now know is the Great Commission. It's on all of us, no matter what our misgivings are, no matter what we think about ourselves, no matter where we're at in our walk, it's on all of us. You know, and and I know there's lots of reasons why we don't get involved. You know, there's, 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 all kinds of them. Some people just don't think they know enough. And some folks, you know, think they have to get their life straightened up better like that. So there's a lot of times we disqualify ourselves a little bit prematurely. You know? A lot of people say, well, I, you know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know enough about the Bible, you know, to do that. Well, let me correct that misnomer. Do you know that right now where you're at in your walk Chances are you know more than the disciples did when they were walking with Jesus. See, you know how it ends. You know about the resurrection. You've got all the letters from Paul. They didn't have any of that. See the disciples, they didn't know how this was going to turn out. So you have a, you probably know a lot more than the disciples in the first century did. Some people say, well, you know, I I, I need to, I, I kind of need to clean up my act before I get really involved. Well, we give more grace to others than we give ourselves, don't we? You know, sometimes our own self-images and how we how we think of ourselves, we give people other people a lot more grace than that. You know, the the, the the fact of the matter is, in that in my own life, you know, those things in my life that I felt about myself. That didn't make me feel very great about myself. They didn't really start dropping off until I started serving and giving myself away, and then it's like those things didn't matter so much anymore. And it wasn't till you know, I, you know, I stopped contemplating my own spiritual navel that and started concentrating on others and serving till those things just kind of disappeared and weren't so important anymore. You know, do you think the twelve apostles and the other first-century disciples were ready? Well, let me give you a little a couple of examples here. Peter, he was kind of a coward and had a short fuse. John was self-righteous. Timothy had doubts. Paul was a murderer and a lousy speaker. Hmm. John the Baptist was a loudmouth. Martha was a worrywart. Mary was lazy. John Mark was rejected by Paul. Timothy had ulcers. And here's my favorite. Lazarus was dead, for crying out loud. Well, let me, let me make one exception here. If you're dead, you don't have to serve at Faith Fellowship if you're dead. We'll, we'll let that one slide. And some people say they're too busy. Well, okay, but for some, maybe it's a matter of giving up a little television watching you know it's not that it's not that hard some people say well i wouldn't know how well don't worry we'll train you we've got all kinds of stuff that we can plug you in it, 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 it you know and like my pastor told to me practically runs itself you know we will train you if you're if you're just a little bit apprehensive about that and then there's my favorite excuse shouldn't that be left up to the experts? And I use that term expert loosely. They talk about those who went to seminary or on staff or, you know, people that are already in leadership positions. So I use that term expert a little loosely. So, you know, expert, you know, X in math is an unknown and spurt is a small amount. So, you know, a whole small amount of an unknown, there, there you go, expert. So I use that term a little bit. I use that term a little bit loosely, but some people say, "Well, let's leave this up to the experts," you know, the people that are on staff, the, the leadership stuff like that. Well, maybe there's some merit to that sort of thing. Um, I remember when I needed an expert. It was when Elizabeth was my daughter was was really little, and she was reaching for something above our fireplace, and she fell. And she hit her chin on the, uh, you know, j- just below the fireplace where there was a where, where there was a uh, brick ledge. Hit her chin, and it was bleeding and everything. And I went in there, and my first reaction was panic. And then I realized, you know what, I I have to step up here. You know, I couldn't look at that situation and say, you know what, somebody ought to do something. I had to step up, so we did. So we got, you know, we got some ice and, and put it on her, and, and you know, and my wife pulled up the car. We got her to the hospital. What well, we did need, we did need, need an expert in that situation. But when it comes to the church, I don't, I don't deal with that real well. When people say let's 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 leave that up to the experts, you know, let let's get all this done by the experts. I was having a conversation with someone. Recently, and they were they were disappointed about something regarding the church doing something or not doing something, but it boiled down to they were upset with the performance of the experts. Okay, you with me? Okay. So sure, you, you have to ask yourself, okay, what part of this can I own? All right maybe there's maybe there's something there and and, and maybe there's some changes I need to make. But what that is, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of how the, how the church is supposed to function. You see, when someone says, you know, the church ought to do something, my response is, yes, you should. Because we are the body of Christ. We are the church. First Peter 4.10 says this, each of you, as a good manager, must use the gift that god has given you to serve others 1st timothy 4 says don't neglect the spiritual gift within you so so where does that leave us what what, what do we do this oh with all this okay there's there, there's stuff that needs to be done and we are the body and we're not supposed to leave it up to just the experts to do these sort of things so what do we do with that hmm you know, and I had this this really great idea. It it came to me almost like in a vision. And I'm a I'm a pretty creative guy, so I can I can I can come up with this sort of thing and I you know and I and I and I'm and I'm really absolutely proud of it. And and it 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 came to me to to to, to sum up where we're going with this thing and the message that I want to get to you and I, I, I want you all to I want you all to give this and I'm so proud that I came up with this, it's this. You can do it. We can help. That's kind of catchy, isn't it? I might patent that, you know, get a trademark or something. Okay. But Home Depot came up with it first. Okay. See, there's a fundamental truth here, especially in children's ministry. You know, you can you you can do it and we can't help. You see, there's a there's a question here about Okay, if if you have leadership and you have experts and that sort of thing, well, how does that how does that translate to the rest of the body of Christ? How are we supposed to relate with one another? In Ephesians four, uh, the uh, Peter, I'm uh, sorry, Paul, the apostle, was addressing this exact thing. You know, how do how do we how do we make that bridge to the church? Rethinking church, the church being the body of Christ, and doing those things that need to to need that need to get done. And it's Ephesians 4:11 through 13. It was He, Jesus, who gave some to be apostles; those are the starters, the entrepreneurs. And some to be prophets; those are the extorters, the the the, the truth tellers, not the extorters, the exhorters. Uh, some to be evangelists. The evangelists, those are the people that have a knack for telling the story of Christ in a way that changes people's lives. And some to be pastors, you know, in the Greek that means shepherd. Those are the nurturers, the care providers, counselors, and teachers as well. And these seem to be special gifts that build up the body of Christ. These are these are kind of like the, the the leaders in the church. Some call them elders, the the experts' term used loosely, if you will, and and I, and I left that next part blank. I left verse twelve blank there. I want to because I want to come back to that because what that talks about is what the experts are supposed to do. I'm going to come back to it. So whatever that something is, here's here's the experts. Here's what you know. Here's who they are, and they do this thing so that next slide, if it isn't already up there. This is the this is verse thirteen. In Ephesians 4, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So the scripture is saying in, in, in every church, there are these experts that that, that, that raise up and they and, and and they do something that affects the body of Christ in a way. That four things will happen, and these are the, you know, Paul's fab four. We're going to become unified in our faith. And we increase in our knowledge of who God is. And we'll grow in a sense of maturity. And we'll have the fullness of Christ upon us. We'll be fulfilled, if you will. So there's something that they have to do. This is how the church is supposed to work leadership do their part so the entire body can experience unity maturity knowledge of Christ and fulfillment so what is that one thing that the experts are supposed to do what is their sole job i want to tell you what it's not you know some people think that the that the, that the role of leaders and leadership is to put on a really cool service so people can be taught and entertained. That's not it. It's a good thing, but that's not it. Some people think leaders are supposed to be the first ones that are at the hospital in a crisis. Or, you know, they're supposed to have really engaging Bible studies, that they're supposed to do all the teaching in the church. And maybe they're supposed to do all the evangelizing too. They're supposed to be the gatherers as well to get, to get people to come to Christ all by themselves. So let's go to the source. What does Paul say the role of the leaders is? That verse I left out, the role of the leaders is to prepare God's people for works of service. Hmm. In other words, the job of the leaders is to equip the body of Christ us, all of that, to be mobilized into service. That's where the growth takes place. You know, literally, the three things we've got going on here is gather, grow, go. Simple as that. That's the function of the church. The sole job of the leader is to mobilize others for service in Christ. A really great way of saying that is you can do it. We can help. We can. And in that verse, I love that word prepare. Prepare others for works of service. It means equip, but the original Greek means to restore someone to their original condition. This is what you were made for. Interesting. And it gives some credence to what Paul wrote a couple of chapters earlier. In Ephesians chapter 2, he wrote, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He prepared that stuff in advance for us to do. It was designed specifically for you so you can step in, you can be mobilized and be fulfilled in that ministry. Rick Warren, how many of you know who Rick Warren is? He just hosted those debates of the candidates uh, brilliant man, uh, pastor of a large church out in California. I like what he says in his in uh, his book, The Purpose Driven Life. He says, you know, in in Christianity, you get three things, three things that you get from Christianity: forgiveness from your past, hope for your future, and a purpose for your present. That's a pretty good deal. Particularly, what I'm talking about today is that purpose for your present and i know that that's a that's a that that's a big thing to consider what is what is my purpose if you're unsure about that sort of thing if you're unsure about well what would i enjoy doing in the body of christ what would my role be i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend a book here it's called what you do best in the body of christ it's by bruce bugby and the reason I like it is it, it, it breaks it down um, just in, in, in layman's terms. It's not a real churchy book. It just says, here's what you can be good at. And there's actually a, t- a quiz to take here, sort of a almost like a personality gifting test that allows you to determine kind of how you're built, how you're structured. This might be something you might enjoy in this way. And I, I want to also take a moment here and put a little onus on the leadership as well. You know, staff and lay leaders should recruit and direct and train people, you know, to volunteer, to, to to do some of the work. But sometimes, sometimes we don't. And I know that's been true in my life. I remember with leading small groups, it's really something I enjoy doing. But there was a time where I had to step away. And somebody else stepped up to do it. They had a job to do in the body of Christ. It was tough. I really enjoyed it. And, and sometimes a lot of us leaders enjoy what we're doing so much that we hold it really close and we don't want to share it because it's so much fun, because it's fulfilling for us. I mean, there are other people who wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. But we hold it so close, we don't want to give it up. We don't want somebody else to do it. We enjoy it too much. You know, others, they kind of maybe enjoy being in charge and calling the shots. You know, others maybe think that you know, this has got to be done right, so I need to do it. Hopefully, none of this sounds familiar to you. So, the scriptures have a lot to say about that as well. And let's so let's uh, under the Old Testament law. Only priests could do certain things. They are the only ones who could go enter uh, into the Holy of Holies. They are the only ones that could make sacrifices. There was a whole list of things that only the priests could do. But at Jesus' death, see, the the Holy of Holies had a veil. You'd walk behind this veil, and you were in the presence of God where the Ark of the Covenant was kept and all that. But when Christ died, that veil was torn from top to bottom, symbolizing that anyone can enter. Into the presence of God, not just the priests anymore. Hmm. See, there's there's no longer a distinction between clergy and laity. We're all clergy. We're all priests. First Peter two nine says this: You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. And so us. The people who are in leadership positions, as a pastor friend of mine said, we need to work ourselves out of a job. We need to give it away. So I want to put some of the onus on the leadership too. How many of you saw the opening ceremonies of the Olympics? My reaction to that was, holy cow, unbelievable. Wasn't that awesome? Man, even the, even the commentators were speechless. There were minutes at a time where there was just no talking during the opening ceremonies by the commentators because it was so spectacular. There were 13,000 people used in that opening ceremony on the field with people flying around and all that other stuff. Do you remember the drums, the big drum sequence? There were 2,008 drummers all doing stuff in unison. And I, I, I'll tell you a little behind-the-scenes story for that. They had to teach them to smile and act happy because it was so intimidating, it was scary when they were banging on the drums. So thank you, whoever made them smile. You know, If you had any question about why some people think the Chinese are going to eat our economic lunch in the future, that was a scary example of what they can do in mobilizing their people. You know, and even all the spectators in the stands, they had light sticks and other stuff, and they were involved in this whole show, but they were spectators too. They could kind of step back and look at at this whole spectacle as a whole. But they also had their own little role that they were playing, and everybody was playing a role. And I thought, wow, what a marvelous example for the church. Everyone having a role, everyone doing that little something that makes the whole spectacular. Wow! Two thousand years ago, Peter said that God said to Peter, "Upon this vision, I'm going to build my church." And He said, "There's no bench here. Everyone is in the game. We're all going to have a role into this. Everyone has a purpose." And I want to share with you. We just heard a few minutes ago, we're about to have our own opening ceremonies, aren't we? We've got a new building that's going to be opening. And what does that mean? How does that relate? Well, more outreach. There's people brainstorming right now how we're going to use that thing 365, 24, 7. And we're going to experience a time of growth. It's coming. You know, there's lots of reasons why. Some people just won't come to a high school for a church service for some reason, but now we've got a new building. The bottom line is we're, we're going to grow. There's going to be more people coming. You know, this is a pretty, we're, we're, we're kind of building a church for the unchurched. This is a pretty safe place to bring people who don't really like to do church, isn't it? You know we don't we don't have organs we have a we have a band and we use film clips and drama and you know you come here and people say, wow is this is really different well it is it is different and we're going to experience some growth okay we're gonna grow then what well think about that how many how many kids do we have in children's ministry right now we've got about what 30 40 what happens when we have 75 what happens when we have a hundred kids to take care of. Hmm. Pastor friend of mine has a church. That's They're probably about seven or eight years ahead of us. And it's been really interesting watching all the parallels. About seven, eight years ago, they were meeting in an elementary school gymnasium. And then they built a building about the same size. And it opened. They had about 40 kids in children's ministry. Now they have hundreds. It's gotten to the point now where they're going to build again in eight years, and they're going to have a sanctuary that seats 1,200. So they were faced with a lot of volunteer problems. You know, we have kids' ministry, the band drama we have techies who operate the lights and the sound and the and the computers and the screens and parking lot attendants and communion people hospitality oh buildings and grounds we're going to have to have a buildings and grounds crew whoops forgot about that So we're going to have a lot more stuff to do. Small group hosts and leaders. You heard about it today. You know, we've got a handful of groups. This church I told you about, seven or eight years ago, they had a handful. Now they have dozens of small groups. All kinds of people have stepped up to be small group leaders, you know. And lots of times, they have waiting lists for people to get into some of these programs. And and, and you know what? And so do we. In different ways, and for different, and for different uh, ministries that we're involved in, you know, and for a a church that's trying to reach the unchurched, that's just unacceptable. You know, I I could have somebody come to you that says, you know, I really I I I really need this, and we say, okay, we'll put your name on a on a waiting list. It's that's just unacceptable. So I'm going to ask. As I, as I said in the past, there's an ask coming. Here comes the ask. And it's not much. It's not much. I'm going to ask you to step up just a little bit. You know, if this is, if this is speaking to you, if it's, if it's time, yes, it's, it's time in my walk. I'm in, I'm in that place in my journey where it's time for me to step up to the next level. It's time for me to go. I, there's just a very simple thing I want you to do out at the information table. Right after the service, there's going to be just a little sheet to sign up. It's not a waiting list. (laughs) And all we want is your name, a way to get a hold of you, a phone number or an email. If there's an area that you're interested in, write that down. If there's not an area you're interested in, we'll help you figure that out too. We can do that. This is the ask. And there's even going to be a few volunteer uh, people out there. That'll answer any questions that you might have as well. So if you're not already volunteering, there's the ask. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a couple of types of people at Faith Fellowship at least. There, there are those who should lead, and there are those that are waiting for you to lead, that you need to be leading. So I just want to encourage you. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to close with this. I just want to encourage you today to take that step. Take that next step in your journey. It's your journey. You know, growth occurs when you step up, when you serve others. So if, this is, if you're in that place on your journey and Christianity is a journey, you've never arrived in this world. If it's that time in your journey, I'm going to ask you to step up and just write your name on a piece of paper at the information desk. You can do it. We can help. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this time. I thank you for those folks that are here, that are in the place in their journey, and you've spoken to them. Father, I ask that you would put it on their hearts. Put it on their hearts, what you would have them do. Father, I ask that you would give them the courage to take that next step in their journey. That next step that leads to growth. Father, I ask that you would bless them for it. Call those things to mind now. Thank you, Lord. It's in your name we pray. Amen.